The following audio is from Christ Presbyterian Church in Nashville, Tennessee, where our mission is to follow Christ and His mission of loving people, places, and things to life. For more information about Christ Presbyterian Church, please visit ChristPres.org. All right, so our scripture reading today is from Galatians 1, 1 through 9. Paul, an apostle, not from men, nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers who are with me, to the churches of Galatia. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. This is the word of the Lord. Praise, Praise be, be to, to Christ. Christ. Thank you, Abby. All right. So this morning's sermon is mercifully short, um, but we're kicking, off, uh, we're kicking off a series in Galatians. We're going to be in Galatians for the next little bit. And, uh, and I, this book is a powerful book. And so what I want to do today is just briefly kind of set the table for that series. Um, we're celebrating our one-year anniversary last October. We launched Christ Presbyterian Church's Cool Springs location. I have a couple of pics, actually, from that Sunday. Um, this is one that I took from, you know, right as I was getting ready to preach the sermon uh, that day. You can see, um, well, there's a lot of familiar faces in here. I won't go through everybody, but I just want to mention that you see Joe Gilder right there uh, about on the, on the, what's that, your left-hand side, about three rows back. That's Joe. He was here from the beginning. And one more picture. We got another one. Okay, so this is from the back of the room. Um, that first Sunday, we packed about 240 people into this room. Uh, we had a lot of people who had come. Who were, many were well-wishers from the other congregations, from, from Old Hickory and Music Row and people from around town who were just here to support us and get things kicked off. And, and it was a beautiful thing because it really was, if you were there for that and you were there for those days, it really was a community of people. We did not know each other. Uh, we, we had relationships that were, that were just beginning to form. And it was a beautiful thing to see these things kind of come together and to see after that first Sunday, our numbers just were cut in half. Like the next Sunday, it was less than half uh, because of all the, the, the well-wishers who came out. But it dropped, but what it dropped too and what we were building was we were building the core group of people who would say, this is my home. This is the church I'm gonna be a part of. This is the congregation where I'm going to invest. And one of the things that the Lord has done is he's brought us men and women from many generations into this church, which is a beautiful thing. He's made friends out of strangers. We've been in each other's homes. We've heard each other's stories. We've walked with each other through some tough times. We've rejoiced with each other and celebrated with each other in good times. The Lord's brought us children, lots and lots and lots of children. We started averaging about 25 kids on a Sunday. Now we're up to a little over 40, 45, uh, somewhere in there. Uh, it's wonderful, it's busy, it's fun, it's, 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 there's always something going on there. Um, but I, I, personally, I just want to say I love this church. 
this has been the, my favorite year of ministry that I've ever had. I've been in ministry for about 20 years, and it's been my favorite year in ministry by a lot. Uh, and I've had really good ministry experiences, but I have loved what the Lord has given here, the gift that he's given to me and to my family in this church. Uh, it's a beautiful thing, and I can't wait uh, to see what the Lord has in store for us in year two as he continues to bring people in. It's one of the beauties of the church is the Lord brings people in, and you don't even know that these are going to be your friends, but they become your friends. And so we begin today this, this series in Galatians, and all I really want to do is I want to set the table for the book by mentioning and noting one glorious truth that we get in this opening passage and one serious warning uh, that we get in this passage, and then we picnic. So... The glorious truth is this, and it was the opening verses. The glorious truth is this. Jesus Christ gave himself for our sins to deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of, God and, of our God and Father. And so as a church, our hope resides here, that Christ gave himself to deliver us from our sins, and this was according to the will of the Father that God has acted on our behalf. That's how Paul opens this letter. He starts giving credentials. He says, I'm an apostle, I'm a sent one, and that he's commissioned by God, he's entrusted with the gospel to deliver it to us. And he begins with his credentials and by saying, this is who I am, because there are false teachers that have made their way into the churches in Galatia, and what they've done is they've begun to corrupt the gospel by adding to it. And that is about the most surefire way that people can corrupt the gospel is to say we're saved by grace through faith in Christ plus something else. And so after giving his credentials, he gives this succinct summary of the gospel of Jesus. He says grace and peace are extended to us from God. Why? Because Christ gave himself for us to deliver us from this present evil age. That's verses three and four. God has been at work in time and in space, to reconcile us. It was his will that Christ would come and he would absorb the penalty of our sin and reconcile us to our creator. And so for this, Paul reminds us, God is worthy of glory and praise and adoration and worship forever and ever, world without end. The gospel is amazing. It's amazing that God restores us at his own cost. As a church, I pray that we never lose sight of this. And I ask, if you see me losing sight of this, come after me. We have a church system, a church government where you can do that. If I start to lose sight of the gospel and add anything to it, come after me, remind me of the truth. Because what the gospel is saying to us is this. Think of the worst thing you've ever done. Think of the greatest failure you have ever known. Think of the most willful rebellion you've ever walked in. God purposed to set you free from that by way of the sacrifice of Christ on your behalf. And Jesus willingly did that. I think back to the nativity story where the angels appear to the shepherds outside of Bethlehem and one angel comes and he says, I bring you good tidings Great news, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Do you remember what happened after the angel delivered that message? That the Messiah has come for you? Because that's the gospel. What happened was 
a million other angels who were hiding behind some celestial corner rushed in and started singing, glory to God in the highest. This is the best news that we've ever heard, right? And we as people can think sometimes, can, can, can feel like, I don't feel the enthusiasm. I don't always necessarily get the excitement of the wonder of the gospel, but the angels did. And if we're wise, we would defer to them and say, they have a perspective we don't. And their reaction is not an overreaction. To rush in and to say, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth. This is the best news that's ever happened. God's gift to us, his gift of Christ, is a glorious truth. May we cling to that glorious truth. And then the serious warning is simply this. May we never abandon that glorious truth by corrupting it or adding to it. What Paul does here in the very beginning of this letter is he takes the glorious truth of the gospel and he basically nails it to the floor, right? As kind of an anchor point for everything that's going to follow in this book. He sets the table here and it includes what follows is this serious warning which I now issue to all of us. The Galatians embraced a different gospel. Notice they did this early. The church had not been around for very long, and they embraced a different gospel quickly. What false gospel did they embrace? It was this. It was a gospel that said we are saved by a combination of Jesus' work and ours. We're saved by a combination of Jesus' work and ours. And Paul doesn't mince words here. He says, the one who teaches that, let him be cursed. And he says it twice. He says it twice. And then he says it a few more times as this letter goes on. Why? Why would he be so strong on this? Because what they're doing is they're turning to a gospel where God's saving work in Christ is not enough. And so they have to add to it. And what that does is it nullifies the efficacy of the resurrection of Jesus. In other words, you can trust in the resurrection of Jesus, but also remember one false move and you're toast. And there's no peace there. And so here's the warning. Do not trust in anything other than the finished work of Christ to set you at peace with God. That road never ends. You will never, you will never measure up to your own standard, let alone to God's. So examine your life. Where do you add to the work of Christ in order to feel worthy of the love of God. Because remember, Jesus Christ gave himself for our sin to deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. And as a church, our hope resides here. I don't know what the Lord is going to bring our way in year two or year three. What I do know is this. We're going to have joy and we're going to have sorrow, we're going to have plenty, we're going to have want, we're going to have sickness, we're going to have health, and we're going to see victory, and sometimes we're going to walk through things that feel like defeat. But come what may, the gospel holds. It is an anchor. And so let us never abandon this glorious truth that Jesus Christ gave himself for our sins to deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Because no matter what we choose to believe, that glorious truth remains unchanged. And so may we cling to it. And may we cling to it by grace, through faith, 
in Christ and in him alone. Amen? Let me pray. Father, I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you for a gospel that comes after us. I thank you for a gospel that is strong uh, for us. Lord, I thank you for loving this church. I thank you for the year that we have had together, uh, that you have brought us together to be a congregation, a fellowship who knows you and loves you and is growing in our relationships with you. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would be with us as we move um, into this time of, of closing in song. And uh, Lord, we're grateful for your kindness to us and your mercy and your grace. It is in your name, Jesus, that we pray these things. Amen.